Hello, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Anna. And I'm Kayleen. And we are Entrepreneurs, a podcast about two gay idiots owning and operating a business during end stage capitalism. Welcome back, everybody. We hi, hi. We got we got some good yin and yang energy mm-hmm. in the house tonight. So yeah, it's balancing your, it, each other out as usual. Yeah, it's your time to uh, turn to, to to guess who is who. Who is the yin and who is the yang? I'm mm. the yang. I yep. hate nuance. <laughs> <laughs> You're yanging so hard. Uh, yeah, I'm big big yang energy. Uh, I'm at my folks' house. I haven't been here for like three years, and uh, they have an espresso machine and i am having a really good time yeah and i think it might be something worth getting but i don't think i have the constitution self-discipline and i think i just lose my mind so with great power comes great responsibility yeah (laughs) listeners do you have an espresso machine yes or no and if you You know i do you know i do yeah, she does. I I just do the French press. Um, but today has been. I have both. I'm a I'm a coffee slut, and I like it all kinds of ways. Good for her. My the the fro- the, the frother works really well. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. Um, the frother is very so good. So I am in launch mode right now, which I, I've never really done, but I'm really excited to do. And it's also a lot of like mixed emotions. So I am teaching like this self-discovery class. Uh, basically, the crux of it is of creation and absurdity because we are in a point in our lives where it's just getting more absurd and we need to match that absurdity with yourself uh because at this point we are collectively taking these huge quantum leaps and if you're not taking them for yourself i i think it's less of even like i don't even think it's self-care i think it's just not getting left behind because everything is changing so quickly so kind of discovering that sort of space through uh breathwork meditation uh and and just complete and utter honesty with yourself and how all sides of it that how disgusting you are how beautiful you are how sad you are because uh i i don't even like the word holistic but that's why i framed it as the shmuppet verse because we have all these different muppets inside of us and and they're fun chaos muppet or order muppet and they're all fun we need to do a mini soda on that one of these days yeah and they're all we keep talking around it I know, but it's basically the idea is that there's two people, you're their chaos Muppet or an order Muppet, and the sooner you own that and accept that, then you can move on. And yes, an order Muppet can live in chaos, and a chaos Muppet can live in order, but it's also just being... Where do you thrive? And what what gives you energy? So this is going to be coming out the day after our shmuppet hour. Yeah. so it's been weird. I've been launching something, and I'm in my parents' house, and I've been showing up a lot on social media, which I guess I have been before, and it's all new, and it's all a skill. I think this year, or just in general, just in the shifting of my career, is just trying new things out, and I want to yeah. fuck up. I want to fuck up at things I want to fuck up at. So Yeah, your past and your future are meeting in the same place right now. It's. I keep having really intense dreams about high school and like little girl Anna and stuff like that. So wow, yeah, bring it all up. Mm-hmm. So what's up with you, Kayleen? Um, I am not launching. 
I am working, but I am, like, feeling like I just want to be doing the bare minimum, in all honesty. Mm-hmm. I have one wedding left pre-Mardi Gras that's this weekend um, and then like a couple of other like more corporate events coming up although who knows with Omicron if those are going to get cancelled at the last minute or not because they you know uh, con- corporate, corporate things and conventions will pull out mm-hmm. the rug out from under you at the last minute mm-hmm. um, so I don't know I'm just kind of like feeling like, I don't want to be given 100% or even 80% of this moment. Like, I'm just tired. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of um, just doing what I have to mm-hmm. in, right now. I, it's, it, was a, it was a pretty breakneck uh, fall and winter season for me. So I'm looking forward to resting, doing a lot of administrative and more organizing kind of work. And then hopefully being able to... Um, collectively celebrate and let off some steam um, if we're able to have our Mardi Gras season. Yeah, I feel like um, you got hit by a hurricane, didn't have power, and then your work like after that was like Darude Sandstorm. It's just like... And I'd call and I was like, how are you, Kayleen? And you're just like... Just working, can't think. Yeah, now things have slowed down and I'm kind of like... You know, and it, I know that I, I trust that, like, when things get busy again, I will respond accordingly. But right now, like, they're not. Like, I've got, I've, you know, I've got, I had two weddings this month. One I've already done and one is on Saturday. And so, like, I don't need to freak out. I don't, it's, I have, you know, I can, I have the luxury of being able to kind of, like, take it easy. And candles are on a break from the holidays. It was just, like... It, it, it it's okay to it's just a reminder that it's okay to like uh take time to rest and not produce mm-hmm. yeah i think it's something that is lacking in the inherent structure of working here but I, I we talk about it all the time just like the european style of working taking six to eight weeks off is uh-huh. is normal and necessary and better for your health yeah uh, it's let's do, true. Let's hop on into tarot timey. Uh, tarot time. All right. Well, I grabbed the first uh, the deck that was closest to me in the moment, which is our old friend Fyodor Pavlov. Ah, uh, Pavy. Um, Pavy. Love this guy. All right. Ugh, so, I I don't Pavlov. Tells me, tells you like the dark thing, and you're just like, ugh. I uh, find, I find his readings, his the card, the the draws I get from this deck to be very practical. I that he, deck's mean to me. Yeah, because you keep at, you just keep pulling, you keep asking the same question over and over. I she pulled a card for me just for the day. Five of cups. Yep. Sorry, boo. <laughs> All right. What energy does the collective need? Next week, next week we have a full moon in Cancer. My boo. That's my moon. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we have? What do we need? Ah, okay. Here we have uh, the Four of Cups. Interesting. Mm-hmm. You got the mm-hmm. five. This is the four. The Four of Cups is kind of like a... It's interesting. It's kind of like a card mm-hmm. of rest. But it is a warning against... Um, 
resting for too long uh, about being having your it's about kind of like sitting and and daydreaming and taking time to just kind of like contemplate your existence but not get too far deep in your head that you ignore the entire world around you like this guy is like enjoying his time under the tree but is uh blind to the fact that like the universe is offering him something right behind his head mm-hmm. so but very yeah, well just dressed a, in good posture yes all the people in this deck are just be- are just beautiful beautiful and fashionable um so yeah uh i rest, think sometimes but not too long i think sometimes the four of cups will get associated with like um stagnation and also yeah. boredom yeah but I think it's also a reminder that, like, sometimes you can just sit. Mm-hmm. Like, you can... It can be a card that's either, like, about, like... Yeah, about being bored. Or it could be a card that's about meditating. Like, mm-hmm. depending on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. Like... Mm-hmm. It, it's really, it it's seems, really a contextual card. I think it's pretty big uh, mid-January energy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where it's like, yeah, what's... Uh, yeah, what is like what is rest and what is like leaning too hard into introspection. Fair enough. And overthinking things. Yeah. It's like it's a it's like uh the fig tree energy. Like Sylvia Plath. Do you know that? I don't know that. From the it's pro- I have not read The Bell Jar, but I have read this passage, which is probably her best piece of writing, in my opinion, which is about, you know, her as, I, I miss, you know, I think it's a fairly autobiographical character, uh, sitting under a fig tree and imagining all of her, all of her hopes and dreams and options for her life as figs on this fig tree, and then... Um, being so overwhelmed with the uh, prospect of having to choose one path in life that she lets them all like shrivel and rot on the vine and there's nothing left. I feel like that's a dating metaphor. Like, Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. a metaphor for a lot of things yeah. about being so afraid to take action or make a choice that all of a sudden all your choices are taken from you. I just also really love the idea that there's no wrong choices that you can just do it yeah and then you'll the choice may have been mistaken you- but the choosing was not that's a sondheim quote that's from studying the park with george oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You, you just have you to make a choice your mind. you can change your mind whenever you want but you can just do it um that's something that but it's, I, yeah I just, it's, it's better i don't to have just a lot do- of action paralysis uh better to just do the also, thing yeah, and then you deal with the consequences, but then you're in it, and it's usually not as bad yeah. as you in my, would in hypothesize. My experience, it's, in my experience, if you have a choice that you're afraid to make, you can imagine the worst-case scenario and the best-case scenario. And often, the worst-case scenario is pretty much the same as if you had done nothing, mm-hmm. like the end result. So why not just, mm-hmm. like, why not just do the thing? Yeah, just go ahead and embezzle. Do it. Right. They'll never know. Uh, <laughs> Take what you can. All right, pirates. Now let's go into the main dish. This Set the table. We are serving the main dish. 
that was not a good segue for the main dish, by the way. This episode is not about embezzlement. Um, but the title of this episode is The Jig Up. Um, because we have a lot of different things happening here that we thought that were just kind of... It was positioned to the collective that it was going to be a, a short type of thing. Uh, inflation. The... Uh, COVID lockdowns. The we're just going to close blah. the doors for we're, everybody to stay home for 14 days and we're going to flatten the curve and it's all going to be fine. And, Fast uh, forward year three of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, oh, people will go back to work when the unemployment runs out. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> that, was, that, that was a big one. Or maybe people will start caring about their jobs again. But I think... Um, I think the jig is up and yeah. it's going to be very interesting to see how we as a collective get out of it. But I also want to talk about, uh, your personal journey of is the jig up where, how do you fall into that? How do you, how are you existing in your day to day with that? Yeah. Like, uh, and frankly, when we talk about the jig, yeah. There's a few different things. We're talking about capitalism. Um, we're talking about, like, American attitudes towards work and jobs. We're talking about how we relate to authority and structure. Um, and I think we Exponential are all, expansion. Yep. We are all kind of collectively... At the same time, realizing just how much bullshit we've taken as fact. Mm-hmm. You know, the recent uh, CDC uh, shifting its guidelines pretty much just because the CEO of Delta mm-hmm. asked them to because they couldn't stand everyone in the workforce being out for 10 days. Like, that would literally bring everything down. Um and so the CDC being like, LOL, JK, five days. And us being like, so what's... I think, I mean, the CDC this entire time has, like, absolutely and completely botched the messaging around this pandemic. And it's been confusing. And no wonder nobody fucking trusts them. No wonder we have anti-vaxxers. No wonder we have anti-maskers. It's because there's been no consistency and no clarity this entire mm-hmm. time. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just because someone holds a position of authority ju- does not mean that they know shit. And often, it means that they're peddling crap. Um, so, yeah, this is like we are. So we are we are learning that we should not be trusting institutions. We are learning that uh, our labor is drastically undervalued. Mm-hmm. And how much power we have. I mean, there are... I just saw that, like, think about all the, like, the strikes we've been hearing about, um, the unionization. Denver Denver, uh, King Super Union just went on strike today. And Mm -hmm. that's huge. That's the main grocery store supplier in... In Denver, and yeah, even maybe even in maybe even in Colorado, yeah, so, all the regional. And, and just thinking about like the gravity of that—that's a grocery store, right? Yeah, that's like, essential. That is that you will you will see very quickly 
when that labor force stopped showing up. But, like, yeah, we had, like, a lot of Amazon walkouts. We've had news of multiple, like, Starbucks unionizing. Um, Mm -hmm. I think we are all collectively learning the power of our labor and the fact that our labor has been, like, drastically undervalued. You know, the minimum wage hasn't been raised in over a decade. Mm -hmm. Um, And it doesn't match life. It doesn't match reality. And I think the pandemic has really laid bare how cruel our system is in general. Mm -hmm. And I think people are fed up and they're realizing that they don't have to put up with shit. You know, it's like this domino effect of like, of like, of realizing that like, that they've been, we've all been, the American dream, we've been sold a lie. Mm -hmm. If so many people did everything right and then they have nothing. Mm -hmm. I want to kind of, bring this up it's kind of random but my mom was telling me a story of one of her friend's daughters and she worked at a local chain here Mm -hmm. um and she uh, like it was like an ice cream shop and and my mom was like I was so impressed she was such a good worker she was running the whole thing she got another job and she told them I'm putting in my two weeks but let's work with it and they said no you're fired like just get out and the shop had to shut down the, the their storefront because they had nobody to work at it because the pride got in the way. Yeah. And, and when she told me that story, my mom's reaction was, oh, that's just, that sucks. Like, the, the disrespect, blah, blah, blah. And I said, good for her. Like, yeah. I'm glad that that happened to her because you should not be working hard at a fast food restaurant. I was like, what is she? She's in a gap year before college. Just if you're gonna labor, there's nobody. This messaging is just missing. And I'm not saying everybody should go into tech. I'm not saying everybody should be a social media manager. But what I will say is, both of those careers will pay you more than 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 a a fast food restaurant. And nobody's telling these kids you can make thousands of dollars by just asking for it. And, and finessing a little bit and you don't have to get bullied. Well, it's because we've been sold this lie that like fast food or service jobs are is unskilled labor. Mm-hmm. When in reality, like a lot of fucking people who make lots and lots of money could not do, could not work the fucking the flat stuff top to grill at. Yeah, it's the hardest. I mean, there was a do. thread. There was a thread on uh, on. um on Twitter that was like this guy's like I'm a software engineer uh, he's like I've been a, I've been a Taco Bell employee and a software engineer and I can tell you I can tell you that uh, one is drastically more difficult than the other and it's probably not the one you think mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um, the but the pay disparity and the cultural attitude mm-hmm. towards that kind of labor is so uh disproportionate to what it actually in mm-hmm. reality is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and mean, I'm, how many, yeah. How I'm many of our point. fast food restaurants are being held together by 16 year olds right now? Yeah. And, and, I, and I think also in like our, the restaurant industry, there's a lot of this like exploitation of people who are, um, maybe not even, I, I don't know how to phrase this, but like, like, um, like a lot of felons work there, for example, because I don't like, background checks and all of these other things so it's just like the more you dig into it it's just like we have children yeah 
And then yeah. people with like criminal records who can't go. And at this point, I don't give a shit about a criminal record. I think a lo- almost every, almost all of them are um, just the the class. You have yeah. a, a mark on your record because you were poor. Because you couldn't buy your way out of a problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, the people running these institutions, um, not owning it, right, but, like, the labor behind it, it's exploited. And yeah. just kind of realizing, like, because I... I've always kind of felt this way about restaurants. Like, if you can't create, like, a healthy, safe work environment, I don't care um, to really support that. I've never really been into it. I understand it's part of, like, the local economy and keeping it going. But what if we reimagined something else where we didn't have this predatory industry and just something where people get paid more? And I wish... And and the thing is, is that it's possible Mm -hmm. because, like... England, Australia, mm-hmm. lots of European countries have booming restaurant scenes. But like, you know, my friend was talking, telling me about like a trip to to London that she had where she like went to like tip the bartender on a round of drinks. And he was like, I don't want your money. I get paid enough to live. Mm-hmm. Like literally would not take a 20 no, all night. Mm-hmm. Would not take it, you know. It is so is making enough to just like mm-hmm. turn down money, which mm-hmm. I think is very much like a, a an American would be like. I don't care how much mm-hmm. money I make, I'll take a twenty if it's waved in front of my face. Mm-hmm. But no, mm-hmm. there it's like a point of pride that they pay their service mm-hmm. workers enough, mm-hmm. and and their restaurant scene is booming. Mm-hmm. So. It's not like they've been priced out of existence. Mm-hmm. It's not like they can't afford it. Or it's not like, and it's not like uh, going out to eat is now prohibitive, prohibitively expensive for customers. And um, it, so, whatever excuses that Americans have is bullshit. They just, the CEOs or the franchise owners don't want to dip into their own profit to be an, as to make it an equitable place to work. Yeah. And I think. The thing, I think also, um, <laughs> we're about to, I'm about to go deep and we can go as deep as yeah. you want, Kayleen, but, um, All I think right. the, jig, the jig is up politically because, oh, fuck uh, yeah. because, you know, quote unquote liberals, it doesn't matter if disabled people are people like, it, it doesn't matter. Like it's a bar- bipartisan issue if you're dead. Um, and yeah, yeah. We <laughs> I just think had, a lot of party loyalty is gone because yeah, it's just we like, just wow. had uh, the okay. CDC director uh, under a completely blue administration just spout some fascist ass shit, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically saying that it's okay if we leave dead disabled people to die and from then, this disease, and like the, and that the is, comorbidities are like pregnancy depression a bmi over 25 it's just like jesus that's so many people what is that what is everybody like that's everybody i know i'm sorry what (laughs) yeah i was like at least everybody i know has at least one of these comorbidities Mm -hmm. and you're saying that so it's and and instead of framing the conversation as like these people are super vulnerable and we need to do what we Mm -hmm. can to protect them it was like well, see, it's not a big deal because it just kills these people. And that's don't eugenics. worry, you're not that person. Yeah, that's you. Don't worry, listener, that's not yeah. you. Yeah, but guess what? It's me. Like, mm-hmm. it's so many people. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like You're basically saying that, like, people in our society are expendable, and I'm sorry, that's, uh, that is not bleeding heart liberal <laughs> 
prop like that's not what that should be mm-hmm. that it's that's fascism and that's eugenics yeah and it's that's, also very interesting just to see the aid and support that we got under a red administration it completely change in like a blue and that's that's objective at this point that's yeah we're gonna not even completely... passing judgment that's just that's just what yeah. happened we did have lockdowns we did have uh we had stimulus. stimulus and unemployment and we haven't received any of these things yet and the people i know that are getting covid that are working like frontline jobs they're just like okay i like i know somebody that works at a grocery store and, and they have covid and they're like well i don't know if my hours are gonna get cut because i was sick and out with covid and it's of yeah. course people don't want to work like, yeah because it's not worth it because it's like oh what am I going to be in debt oh oh is my credit why do I need a good credit score to buy a house that's going to be flooded and I can't get insurance I gave up on my credit score when Trump was elected and I have no one's convinced me that it's (laughs) worth rehabilitating since but no I mean like it's we are like Democrats are going to violently lose in the midterms Mm mm-hmm um, because they could not ha- they because the policies are for this the policies of a compassionate party I'm like are air quoting hard here uh, did nothing to actually help people in the last two years because there was also the rhetoric that was like oh all the Republicans are gonna die and then it was just like no like the fuck we're all just gonna die we're all at this point yeah we're they're they're cool with all of us dying um, and. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's it's really depressing, uh, and it's frustrating because we are going to lose. Like I say, we. I don't even. I'm not even a Democrat. I. It's like, but whatever. Yeah, she has an We're Emma gonna, Goldman tattoo on her foot, folks. Yeah, yeah. I'll vo- like, in the words of Emma Goldman, if voting changed anything, they'd make it illegal. <laughs> yeah. Um, she did not care about advocating for women's rights to vote in the turn of the century. She was like, you ladies do you. I will not be attending your rallies. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to lose uh, so much of the midterm shit. And it sucks because this is going to impact like the basic day-to-day rights of marginalized mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what's going to mm-hmm. be the side effect here is like that we are going like that that women and queers and minorities are going to suffer and poor people uh, based yeah. based on the policies um, that are going to be enacted by uh, what's probably going to be a very very red legislative body mm-hmm. and they have the Supreme Court too so yeah. Just Rock and roll, reflect. everybody. Um, Burn it down. Oh, my gosh. This fish is, like, rearranging its house right now. It's so yeah, weird. I feel that energy. <laughs> He's putting up a barricade. Two, four, six, oh, one. <laughs> um, Lame Miz fish. So, in terms of, I guess, existing in this paradigm... Um, and running a business in this paradigm, um, I think it's really, really important to be to have as much clarity as you can, especially with the extreme changing of external circumstances and not even trying to predict 
the future, trying to predict now, what are your strengths? What, what, what can you take with you? And, and what's some stuff that you, that are triggers? What are your weaknesses? What's, um, how can you, how do you stumble and start to spiral? And how do you create a life where I think it's okay to, I mean, I think it's also fine to thrive in chaos. I kind of feel like I'm thriving in chaos, which is in, in, in all of this, which is weird to say, because I know it's like I've had a lot of fucked up shit happen to me. But I also it, it's just creation and destruction. Right. Yeah. We, um, we've talked a lot about, you know, like how we our theories on apocalypse magic mm-hmm. and as things fall as the, the fabric of things comes looser and starts to fall apart we become more powerful mm-hmm. um, and just maybe like not having a lens of fear which I think is really tough to talk about this kind of thing because it it can send people into spirals but it's like yeah. no I mean alchemize it like it yeah. like you don't have to hold fear with it like it's just evolution it's just change that's all it is and yeah just have your just make sure your eyes are open don't mm-hmm. like put your blinders on um, just because it's scary to think about. Like, yeah. there's a balance. Like, there's a balance between, like, being informed and just doom scrolling all the time. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, and there's a way to kind of, like, stay on top of things and remain relevant without getting sucked in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, how can you, how can you, like, secure your bag? <laughs> um, uh, in the face of like a lot of uncertainty and instability. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I. What I makes do... you re- what makes what you have to offer like relevant and necessary in in today's mm-hmm. day and age? Yeah, because it's less. I think I think it's less about um, building a career and it's more about developing skills that you can market and sell. Yeah, and how you can kind of diversify your money-making opportunities. Mm-hmm. Having, you know, knowing what your strengths are and how you can kind of pivot um, and seek out different, like, different sources to value those strengths is really important. And I think, for me, I think, I know we've talked about this before, but as, like, the, the structures crumble and the... The proletariat is is fighting for it. it. If anything, it gives me more courage to ask for more money because then I can support for myself and I can support for people who are also developing other streams of income and I can contract out and I can hire people and I can throw cash their way to... Um, and I, I don't think like I'm an evil boss or anything. I think uh, I'm just a business owner who wants to provide for herself and her community um, and build something and make some magic happen. So I think also having this, I think sometimes in pricing, we get like, oh, I don't want to be greedy, but it's just like, oh my God, like we just, we just need to exist. <laughs> and if, and if, uh, it's and not it can greedy also... to want to be able to live and thrive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Off of your own income. Yeah. And like grow something that, other people can have yeah if you have and if you, honestly too. if you have guilt over your consumption one like do some work around like scarcity attitudes but also you can always reinvest some of that what you make into your community mm-hmm. into like direct mutual aid that's gonna do way more than you making less yeah because it's always kind of like this money slash time dichotomy and when you uh, like yes you can volunteer time but a lot of times 
these organizations, they love a cash. They just love like a cash injection because they can bypass a lot of other stuff there too. Cause then, yeah. um, they can just pay, they can just buy it. They can do it like money, money talks. And until it doesn't, yeah. and that's, people, that's our people currency. who are, people who are in need know what they need more than like a mm-hmm. nonprofit organization knows what they need. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Give just your, like giving. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you you yeah. do a lot of like mutual aid. Yeah, I, I believe I believe in mutual aid pretty strongly, and New Orleans is definitely living here has been a part of that for me because this is a city that's been historically neglected by. I think the jig has been up here for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think ever we, since Katrina, don't you think? Yeah, in that. Um, you know, just seeing seeing pretty quickly what the rest of the country, uh, yeah, we got a preview uh, in Katrina here about how little uh, our our systems and structures actually care about people in need or in crisis, um, and we and became uh, we became very um, very much aware that the only people we had were each other and community, like. So community aid and mutual aid is pretty much like how this city stays afloat. And I want to pivot that into you, listener. If you are needing help in any capacity, um, uh, monetary, uh, physical help with something, like maybe you have COVID, um, emotional support, um, spiritual support, like ask your community around you. And I know that's really scary. And I know that we've created this society where we're supposed to do it on our own, but like, just ask for, just ask, ask for what you need, know what you need and what you are seeking support in. And it's kind of like business, just like have your offer and, and, and have your request, your request ready. And the, the sooner that you're able to identify what you need, the more you can get it. And, and a lot yeah. of times it is within you, but it's also within others. Um, and I think that's very, a- very Amanda Palmer of you, the art of asking. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I was I was con- like that. I was conflicted with that book. Oh, my God. I should review that one. Huh? Um, I don't know if that's a bro book, and I think we'll probably have different opinions on it. <laughs> that's the fun thing about it, though. Yeah. But we can kind of talk about it, like, because it is asking, but I think she took it a bit too far, and she did have the money to pay people that she didn't, and it was a bit exploitative. I think, yeah, I think she went from a broke busker to, like, a rich, successful artist, and it took her brain a minute to catch mm-hmm. up, and so she did some dumb shit. Mm-hmm. And she asked for shit she should like that she should have paid for mm-hmm. um, at that at a certain point, and but she hadn't caught up from that like basement house show mentality of, of just mm-hmm. cobbling together free shit and paying people with pizza and beer, you know. Yeah, and I think so unfortunately I think, she did that very publicly. Yeah, I mean, if you can pay people, pay. I, I'm also like a huge advocate of like paying people for their time, even yeah. if it's yep. a, a little. Like you just get that monetary support, and I understand people who love to barter stuff like that. Yeah. I would, I would rather not. I would rather just yeah. have a, a money exchange there. But it's also, I think, it comes up in Kayleen's work a lot too with her mm-hmm. event producing. She ends up 
advocating a lot for her people and me too when I'm yeah. doing film producing it's like cool if you want this this and this you're gonna have to pay people this this and this you're gonna have to feed us you're gonna have to give us a so just advocating for yourself and then expanding that to then advocate for your community as well um, yeah. I think it's something I that love isn't bartering and trading yeah yeah I love I, personally like I wouldn't say it makes up the majority of my sales. I try to make sure it's, like, less than 10%. But that's honestly, it's not something I even really try. It's just something that kind of naturally happens. But being able to barter uh, stuff is is nice. And it also allows you to, like, work with other creators. You know, there's a girl that uh, does paper crafts who buys our candles. And sometimes she trades and sometimes she buys. And I had to remind her the other day. I was like, hey, I really like the journals that you make. You don't have to pay for this order if you've got any on hand. Mm -hmm. We can just swap. And so, yeah, I, I really like uh, I really like bartering. It, it feels yeah. good. Yeah. And I think uh, to caveat, and there's no right or wrong here, I really like to give money to somebody. Yeah. Um just so they know I, I don't everybody's different in their journey just so they know whatever you will price this at I will respect it I will not question it and I will give you that for that yeah um so there's two sides of the coin and I get where Kayleen's coming from too I think barter bartering is beautiful um yeah I, mean, just, I don't that, prefer I, it. like I'm doing I did a tarot reading for my esthetician and we're just taking the value of the reading and taking it off my next service mm -hmm. that's so it's like a trade Mm -hmm. Like a work trade. Yeah. Kayleen um, also lives, I feel like New Orleans is very run fair. Yeah, in, uh, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Every, uh, and also, every, we also have the freedom to trade more because everyone's in a fucking gig economy and working for themselves in some capacity. Mm -hmm. So we have the autonomy to to uh, name how we want to get paid or compensated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. I think my, maybe one of my hang-ups hang with bartering is people would try to do that with video and they would just completely undervalue yeah, what that's I'm fair. doing. That's fair. I mean, my candles are at max $20 each, so mm -hmm. it's not, you know, it's pretty easy to be like, this is an equal trade or it's mm -hmm. not when yeah. it's a physical item. Yeah. Um, well, I I do have a bro book review. It's not a bro book review, but like it kind of is. But I think it, I I do want to dissect it anyway because All right, I let's think. Go. Bro book reviews. I read a bro book every week, so you don't have to. Yeah. Um, Kayleen, you know I've been reading this one for a while. Um, Ask and it is given. It's the Abraham Hicks. All right. Yeah. So I don't really, I never really knew about it. Uh, I had some friends. For, for any, like, Abraham Hicks people, like, do you, but I never, it never sat super well with me. I was just kind of like, like, I don't know. I don't know. If you like it, cool. I just never really did. And so I read the book, and there are some interesting tidbits but I think fundamentally, I it did not resonate with me. Um, yeah, it's very I, popular in New Age circles. Yeah, like there's a list of vibrations, and like number one is joy, and like number twenty two is depression, and it's just like a chain to go like up and down. And I I, I don't agree with that. I don't think that. Uh, 
I, A, I don't believe in like good or bad. So I don't think like one vibration is better than another. I think you can alchemize anything uh, and like grief, like it sucks, but it's also very powerful also. Yeah, I also feel like that's like inherently right out of the bat demonizing like mental illness. Mm -hmm. I mean like depression is the lowest possible experience thing you could ever experience. Yeah, and And then it's just like, okay, how much like prolific art was created under very depressed people or very, or how much art has been created uh, in grief and so I feel like instead of a line like maybe if it was a circle um, in terms of because when you are at their quote unquote lowest vibration it's not because they're all <laughs> it's still a very intense vibration but it's just it just depends on how you how you transmute it um, and then a lot of that stuff it just seemed very gimmicky if you will it was talking about like manifesting your ideal weight and your ideal dollar amount and i just don't i just no. think that we yeah it's just not it i'm just like it's i don't know very, why it we're feels talking very like stale this. to me yeah i yeah. was just like it's i i think it just uh, we skipped a bunch of boxes there and it was trying to like guess of like a prey on people's insecurities and it was just saying all this stuff and i was like but I don't feel like maybe this would hit for somebody who like feels a, a lack, but I do not. I, I am very comfortable in my life and where I'm at. And like, so you trying to be like, if you want more of this, it just seemed very consumption based, which I just, it's a bummer. Um, I just think a lot of times the the manifestation community it just gets so consumption based and it's just like well okay I it, it is what it is if you want that but that it, that can be like the only thing if you're just like oh I made a bunch of money but like are but are you cool though right, right. like are you cool are you enjoying yourself do you suck <laughs> do you suck um, yeah so. I I I don't really agree with it, and I do like some of like the woo woo books, um, and like the manifestation stuff and the mindset work. I think it could be very interesting, but this yeah, one, I think Abraham Hicks does a lot of spiritual bypassing as well. Can you like just kind talk of talk about that? I don't really know what that means. Spiritual bypassing is this like kind of trend in new agey communities to ignore the realities of like the world we live in and just be like, well, you can manifest your way out of that or you can vibrate yourself to a new energy when it's like, bitch, like it takes more than that to get out of poverty. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, 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 or it's just being like, it's trying to love and light everything away mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, being like, yeah, you know, like I can't vibrate away from systemic racism. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that are like endemic to our, the world that and the society that we live in right now that we have to like talk about in real ways and to just tell to tell someone that they're not like spiritually attuned enough to that if they if they were just if they just did if they were just on the right vibrational level that they would be able to overcome all these things is kind of it's shitty 
mm-hmm. and it it, it 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 bypasses the actual real issues. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like a know. very big, um, just a playbook from mainstream religion, right? Yeah, or it's like it's like you know a lot of the like love, you know, a lot of the new age like love and light yoga people won't touch politics, won't talk at all about, you know. When Trump was elected, it was just like, let's not focus on the negative. Where it's like, um, <laughs> and I just to real. Me, that just seems really weak because yeah. I, what power is, in my point of view, is to look at it straight in the eye and mm-hmm. fucking transmute it. Like yeah. that is an that is an intense thing. Let me alchemize that. Like to, to pretend it's not there seems yeah. It That's seems to be a disservice. Bi- yeah, it's right? because I get it. Because you could just like get angry and start to spiral with that. Well, I'm sorry, you're weak. I'm sorry, and yeah. and I think that is kind of like a it's very cowardly. much it's yeah. It's, it's not. A, it's, it's cowardly very much, behavior. It's very white people. <laughs> yeah, it's cowardly and it's privilege, and yeah, that's kind it's of just about like, it. Oh my god, something that could make me uncomfortable, and it's just like, what yeah. do you think this is? Basically, Dude, this fish has lifted the plants that are at the bottom of the tank and has created a cocoon at the top of the tank. Strong boy. What is he doing? I he, he's heard. heard you talking about what the future holds, and he does not want to be around for it. I know he's just like I already lost a partner to suicide, so let me just build my little hidey hole at the the top corner. Wow, he is. Biz- I've never seen a fish act like that. Anywho, <laughs> thank you, listeners. That's our show. Well, yeah. <laughs> Fish, uh, yeah, oof. The fish, the fish has called it. He yeah, says, I've seen said, enough. I've seen and en- I've heard enough. The fish said, I am berries for the apocalypse. I am building my hidey hole out of trees. I didn't know fish could do that. It's an Oscar fish, if you're wondering, and he's very big. Um, cause he eats all the other fish. I didn't know fish eat, ate fish like that. Um, anywho, I am the fake guru on instagram and tiktok and check out my website i'm gonna be having some offerings and i'm gonna start doing the email build list so super excited uh to see the transformation of my business uh in these next few months so you can visit entrepreneurs at entrepreneurs.com and entrepreneurs.podcast on instagram i uh, yeah. also wanted to plug um, so tomorrow, or actually no, we're gonna be we're we're gonna start doing more lives on Instagram and TikTok, uh, just to kind of engage with y'all and have fun, and maybe not even record, but just kind of shoot the shit. And yep. we I'll both bring my had a tarot decks. Yeah, um, it's also an excuse for me and Kayleen to hang out. Um, and then you could, yeah, you can all sense our energy in real time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, keep an follow us on the things and keep an eye out when we're uh, hitting up uh, when we're going live. We're gonna try and do it like once a week for a while. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Kayleen, what are your plugs? Uh, Swamp Witch with four eyes on Instagram, candles unincorporated on Instagram. Don't expect a lot out of me yet, like. I'm just I'm in I'm in hibernation mode but feel free to follow for when I when when spring comes again beautiful yeah all right everybody thanks for listening have a gay day